Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, however, wherever, whenever you're listening. This is Root for Wisconsin, episode 11. I'm Eric Fisher, the biggie, broadcasting from the Riverwood Gallery and Near True Value Studios in De Pere, Wisconsin, joined by our studio host, Ramsey Thompson. Ramsey, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. How are you guys doing today? Pretty good. The voice you haven't heard yet is broadcasting via Zoom once again. He says the last time. I don't know if I can believe him on this or not. He did say this will be the last time, but joining us via Zoom, the coach, Justin Dahl. Justin, how you doing? Pretty good. Just uh, got got a little lucky. Got a got a late call. I was on the wait list for the COVID shot from the Pfizer company, and uh, at about five thirty, they gave me a jingle and said, "Hey, come on down and get one of these bad boys." And so there I was, and then I hustled back home and got some supper, and now I'm chatting with the boys. So excited! Yeah, pretty good night overall then. So as we start off the broadcast here, another great episode coming up for you guys. We got some Packer stuff to talk about. We got some other stuff to talk about. We'll go around the state of Wisconsin, do all we usually do. First, we start off with Monkey Knife Fight, our wonderful partners over there, Furious George included. And Ramsey, you made the picks this weekend for the NASCAR race. How'd we do? Didn't go well. Did we win anything? We did not. Yikes. So hopefully you guys did better than we did. So I will say this. To defend my honor, I guess. We were looking really good. Till about twelve to go. Till about twelve to go. We were on yeah. pace. I was we were winning I think we were winning all of them. We were winning two of the three and Kevin Harvick was gonna get passed by a few guys. And we would have been three for three if it wasn't for Chase Elliott getting mad at was it Corey LaJoy for running him off the racetrack and he dumped him. So if it wasn't for Chase Elliott losing it and Martin Truex Jr. doing what he does and just loses races lately for some reason. We would have won some money. Yeah, so you know, hopefully you did better than we did in that regard. Hopefully you're still playing along because they gave you, they matched your initial deposit, so you put down some money. They give you some money back up to $50. They also give you a free $5 play just for signing up. So play some Daily Fantasy Contest using our link, at monkeyknifefight.com. You can play with, you know, Furious George, coolest logo out there. Definitely yeah. tattoo-worthy. Tattoo-worthy. Mama Fisher is not happy about that, by the way. She's still not happy about that. You know what, Mama Fisher? I'm going to tell you this. We're going to do some sort of competition giveaway thing some point Yep. in the future. So stay tuned for that. It could be entertaining. It could be very entertaining. Facebook Live, the whole thing. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. There's there's content to be made yeah, out of that. Definitely not that. Yeah, she uh, she was not Eggs. having it the other day. Um, so she was messaging the Facebook page once again. I actually did the liberty <coughs> of responding and didn't want one of you guys taking things over as you as Ramsey has done on occasion. So shout out to my mother. Um, I can't promise you that the monkey knife fight tattoo won't happen. It's more than likely at this point. Well, she's not my mom. I can do whatever I want. On his ass. Put it on his ass. Put it on his ass. You don't have much face left, though. Like, there's not. You'd have to shave some beard off for that. That's what I'm saying. Or the side of my head. I don't know. That's not Ooh. happening, folks. But, <laughs> you know, it, there's a potential tattoo coming one of these days from Monkey Knife. One of like these days. Bam Bam Bigelow. You could look like Bam Bam Bigelow. With those head tattoos. Savage. I'm going to start a hardcore wrestling career. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wear the fire shirts, George. too. 
Yeah, I remember the button up, side of your button up orange fire shirts. Yes. That's <laughs> a, a new wardrobe over there. You know summer. what you could do? You you could do the, the Hulk Hogan and rip a shirt, and that shirt you could rip up is that crappy Tom Brady shirt you just bought. You know what, Justin? I'm going to buy you one, too. <laughs> I'm going to buy well, you a I'm Party Boy Tom shirt from Old Row. I am so pumped to get these shirts. I in. am definitely going to do the Hulk Hogan to that. I have gifts for you guys, by the way. I've if Justin wanted to join us in per- person this week, I have gifts. Oh boy! Um, I was at the grocery store the other night, and in preparation for St. Patrick's Day, they have glasses like like a glass, like a a, mm-hmm. a beer glass, if you will. Right. And it says, "In Ireland, we don't have green beer. Drink whiskey." Sponsored one of the sponsors on the cup is Proper Twelve Conor McGregor's Ooh. whiskey. So, Justin, Ooh. if you were here in person, I'd have a, a glass for you. I have one for Ramsey. I have one for myself. And I have one for one of my other buddies who's a big Conor McGregor fan. So, Justin, I might have to give yours away because you're not here once again. Whew. Next, next week, brother. That's what you said next last week. week. I, had to get, I had to get COVID good. I'm good. I think you're scared of the deers. <laughs> well, do you I see think. all these goddamn wolves that are shooting around here now? Hell yeah, I, I want them, Ted. I'm going to apply next year. Also, so I shouted out my mom here before, and it's kind of a negative light. I got to shout out to my, my dad here, too. So, Justin, you're, you're probably going to understand this more than Ramsey will, but Oof. hold on. Hold on. It's inside my intelligence, just, why don't just you? Hold on. Just going to surrender me. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. They don't teach us math there. This is not math related. Just, okay? So... My dad has, you know, he's been listening to the podcast. You know, one of our loyal listeners. Shout out Dave Fisher, Papa Fisher. Papa Fish. Shout out. So, he has told me he was trying to figure out who you sound like for the longest time. And then it hit him. John Yurkovic, the former Packer who wore ninety two before Reggie White came to town. And there's a video on YouTube. If you don't know what he sounds like. It, well, it's Justin. He sounds like Justin. <laughs> he played me the video, and I can't help but... I, can, I, I agree. There's a video of him back when Larry McCarran... Well, he still does a show, I think, but Larry McCarran Live. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Locker Room Live show. Back in, like, 93, 94. Uh, or actually, no. Before Reggie White came. Um, there's a video of him getting, like, rolled up in the Dallas game, and he was the guest that week. Spot on. I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is Justin. We should have... Figured that out earlier. Cool. We could have really played that off. Hey, we have X Packer. John Yerkovic. Johnny. Yeah. So it sounds like a white sexual chocolate male with big bulging muscles and great charisma. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I'm thinking you're about to get muted here and really quick to keep this up. <laughs> I'm just saying that's what it sounds like to me. Sounds like you're also starting a hardcore career. <laughs> he got muted. <laughs> I have that control. He's back now. Maybe? I don't think he took too kindly to that. <laughs> All right, what so... the hell? <laughs> All right. So, as we start off every episode, once we get past our bullshit, we start off every episode with what we rooted for. I'll let Ramsey go first on this one. I was rooting for Chase Elliott over the weekend to repeat at Daytona. The Daytona Road Course. The Daytona Road Course. And 
as I mentioned earlier, he got into it with Corey LaJoy and cost us all some money. Cost us a little bit of money. Yeah, Chase, we uh, I didn't have him winning, so really Martin Shrugs Jr. cost us money. But I thought, you know, it's either going to be Truex or uh, Chase Elliott that's going to win this race. So yep. either way, I'm going to be happy and win a little bit of money or Chase gets another win and gets into the playoffs. And... As you're wearing your Chase Elliott shirt. Yeah. So Chase Elliott champion shirt. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Justin? Uh, actually, I rooted. Uh, I didn't really root for anything, but I, what I thought was really cool was that, uh, you know, on the flip side of that, of, of Ramsey's take, was that uh, Christopher Bell won his first uh, Sprint Cup race. So, I, not to Wait, hold on, hold on. What, what the fuck is a Sprint Cup? Fuck. Good call. <laughs> Good call. So, not fuck. to cut you off, but Justin, did you guys watch the Xfinity race on Saturday night? I, I did not. I was meaning to. Other stuff came up, but I did not. Justin, I did not. I saw the I results, had a game though. up in Sebastopol. Oh, that's right. So, Ty Gibbs put on a show Saturday night. First Xfinity start and was one of the class of the fields. I, he could be someone we have to watch out for for the next few years here. He put on just a driving show of dominance he would have been competing on sunday yeah i i could in first xfinity start he came out on a road course on, on, top of on a road course he's never ran that before he's never done live pit stops before and he came out and put on an absolute show on saturday night in the xfinity race so ty gibbs if you guys get a chance tune into him on saturdays he's he's special you he's can someone see to watch it. yeah yeah. No, he's only running part-time, right? Correct. He's He just turned 18, I believe. I he looks like he's 12, but... so Because I think Ty Dillon's in that car this weekend. Correct. Yep. So, okay. but, yeah, Ty, man, he... I, I would have... He probably wouldn't have won on Sunday, but he would have been a top-down car. He was wheeling that thing around. He Just like Chase Elliott on the backstretch there when... Not the backstretch, on coming out turn three in the grass, just wheeling the car through the grass. He passed some cars to the grass on Saturday night to come back from like he's in fifth or sixth place and passed like six cars in the grass on the Xfinity race. And it was impressive. He's watch out for him. He's gonna be good. Yeah, so I'll go here. Um so I'm gonna deter us a little bit from sports and go a little bit of a different route here. So as this show has gone on, we've been trying to be Wisconsin sports and Wisconsin culture. We've hit heavily on Wisconsin sports, mostly because there's not a whole lot of culture stuff going on given the state of the country and the world right now with the pandemic. That said, as of last week, Wednesday, we are in Lent season, which means that we are also in fish fry season. What's Lent, Eric? <laughs> it's not the time for that, Ramsey. It's uh, the time where people sacrifice things to recognize the sacrifice of Jesus. Th- that's nice. for you, Mom. Um, Jody. <laughs> but uh, so we're in Lent season. We're also in fish fry season, which really, I mean, it's a Wisconsin year-round thing at this point, which is awesome. But it hits just a little bit better during that Lent season. It's all dreary out. You know, it's, it's starting to get a little bit lighter, longer in the day, but still, you know, Six o'clock kind of rolls around. 
still dark out. You get down to work. You know what? It'll sacri- you know, make that better on Friday. Going out with your buddies. Get a couple of fashions. Getting smashed. Well, that too. <laughs> but get get some old fashions flowing, and good old supper club fish fry. Just gonna hammer drunk and baked potatoes with your bare hands. Getting hammered and pounded walleye like it's yeah, nothing. just like it's not. Yes. So <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm rooting for that. I, I we had gone out to fish a couple weeks ago pre Lent. Hey, hey, why don't you take Mama Fisher out for some some Lent fish? That's a possibility. Huh? What the hell? You, you know, we're showing her. She's our biggest fan, and you don't even take Mama Fisher out for some fish on Lent. You know, Justin, 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 Justin. I'm glad you went there. I'm glad you went there. What's Mama Fisher's favorite place? Well, that's what I was going to say. If you'd shut up for five seconds before I have to put you on mute. (laughs) Now, there's a really good little spot out in Kelly Lake. No free ads. You know, they're not sponsors of ours. So this is just a nice, wholesome Wisconsin neighborly shout out. Nice little diner out in Kelly Lake, right on the corner by the gat that shell station mm-hmm. has the best walleye. It is so good and it's an old fashioned place too. So they got like you go there, you get the cheese and onion on rye sandwich. You get your order of fish. It's all to go right now because of the COVID. Best place. that's my favorite place. I know it's their favorite place. So mom and dad Fisher, that's their favorite place. Huge shout out. Now, Ramsey, what's your favorite place? Uh, Cash and Swillies in Kakana. Right down the road from my work. Okay. Absolutely stunning perch. Wow. Okay. Wow. I'm also just another Jilla shout out here. Big fan of Sandy Corners fish, Ooh, too. Sandy Corners good. Yep. Good yep. stuff. Justin, what about you? I'm going to go with the dockside in Okano. It's uh, oh. just a, a beautiful view. Huge, huge amount that you're going to get on your plate. You can get uh, pan fried, deep fried. You can go a, a whole lot of different assorted fish that you can put on your plate. So, love that place. Know the owner's great. Raul, they're good people. So, just make sure you chance, all, all, these, all these wonderful places, you know, drink responsibly when you're hitting the old fashions if you're driving. Unless you're Ramsey and you get fucking hammered. Well, he's not driving though, so we okay. we, See, we cover the bases. You get a DD. So, My friends always come so, pick me up. If you're so gonna, if you're with, you're like me. You just bring your wife, who's pregnant and can't drink, so you have a a permanent DD for nine months. <laughs> Either yeah. way, so you know, drink responsibly, get a hammer, whatever you gotta do. Have a DD lined up. Mm-hmm. Be safe. Avoid the deers. Enjoy some fish during this time. All right, so we go from the positives, the fun stuff, to the negatives. We go to our Tyler Hero Noogie of the Week, and I'll start with Justin. Ooh, I think I'm going to pass to Ramsey here. I need, I need yes. a little time to decipher. My Tyler Hero Noogie of the Week award, and they might be up for consideration for Dumpster Fire of the Year award. Okay. The Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks, okay. Bunch okay. of bums. Okay. You are shopping Russell Wilson, who is a quarterback nine years in now, in the prime of his career, and all he's literally asking for is to sit in the room and have conversation about personnel. 
and you were going to shop him for three first-round draft picks, that's the starting point of the conversation to trade Russell Wilson, your franchise's best player. You were talking about moving off of him because he's not necessarily thrilled with how Pete Carroll is running things because Pete Carroll, really before Russell Wilson, hasn't won anything since he was at USC. Got fired twice in the NFL, had some successful years at USC, right? And was, I believe, he had a losing record before Russell Wilson got there. And he was going to go in the season with Matt Flynn as his starting quarterback. They take Russell Wilson in the third round, by the way. Yep. Who, if you look at that draft, I mean, Andrew Luck was pretty good. RG3 had that really good, probably two-year stretch. Kirk Cousins was also in that draft. Mm-hmm. And really, I mean, I, th- I think you can argue that Russell Wilson is the best quarterback of those four. And I can't even tell you who else was drafted for quarterbacks in that draft. And he's literally just asking, like, hey, can I get some offensive line help? Maybe spend a little bit of money on the offensive side of the ball. Let and me sit here and make like be part of these conversations. Yeah, I'm, I'm not asking to say, hey, this is who I want. I am just literally want you to, like, shoot me a text say, hey, this is what we're doing. Are you good with that? Like, can you imagine trading your franchise quarterback because he's not happy with how your idiot organization is being run because you gave all the power to a coach that's traditionally slightly better than average. Yeah, well, and we'll get into that later. I know that we want to talk about a lot of the, the quarterback movement here. So not good Good start, Ramsey. We'll get to that in just a few moments. I've been fired up about that for about three days. That's fair. I totally get it. Justin, you got one yet? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. I think it's – I think – I don't know if we're uh, very keen on what, what they've done over the last – day or two but they fired their head coach right and then hired hired an assistant coach off a different team okay to be their permanent head coach in the middle of a season i don't know if i've ever seen that or if there are other examples maybe eric you know of some offhand but i have i just can't imagine that this whole thing is going to go very well, and it didn't really go very good last night with with Giannis and, and the box scoring 139 points on him, for Christ's sakes. I just, I don't understand the logic of fire and then bringing a whole new system in the middle of a season and, and then just to work towards what, you know? Yeah, you're so not I'll, going anywhere. I'll jump in on that for just a second. I Off the top of my head, I can't think of another example that has kind of happened that way. I I kind of get it from the perspective of that they didn't even announce the second half schedule till today for the NBA, so you kind of get like a little bit of a window. You're kind of, you know, after the All-Star break, you kind of have a... Right. You're, it's it's so, such a different season this year. I kind of get it, like from that perspective of if you're ever going to try something like this, why not now? We don't... I mean, you got Carl Anthony Towns, you got to keep him happy, but... I mean, that's really your only tying factor right now. I, I don't love it either. Like, I totally get what you're coming from, but I don't I – can, I can justify it long term. Can we be real, though, about the Timberwolves for just a second? They're probably the worst run made professional sports franchise for the last decade. I wouldn't go that far, Ooh, but – They haven't been, no, they haven't been worth like they, talking about. It's not like they're terribly ran. They just – are you sh- are you sure? Like I I mean they've that's... bought they've bought over and over and over into young young stars and it just hasn't produced. 
Right, but it's so you're. I don't know that they've been run poorly. You know, from like, from like ownership to a to a president level. I don't think like that. Not like what you're talking about with the Seahawks. So you understand where I'm coming from on that. I do. However, you got to remember that truly well-run franchises in the NBA are always somewhat relevant. Like Boston's a well-run franchise. They're always relevant. They're not having a great year this year, but they're relevant. Miami is well-run. They're, again, they're not having a great year this year, but traditionally speaking for the last decade, they've been relevant. I, the Minnesota Timberwolves I, haven't been relevant in... Kevin yeah, Love and I, Ricky Rubio. Yeah. I would, I would, I mean, I would, I would agree, but my, the caveat to that argument, though, is... Those are markets that free agents and, and players want to be in. Minnesota's not really a market for anybody. It's it's the same kind of deal that the Bucks I, are really. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna echo Justin here. I don't think they're the worst run franchise in sports. I think that goes to the Detroit Lions. They they've been in the playoffs in the last ten years. I'm pretty sure the you could Browns? find the Timberwolves have. Yeah, but making the playoffs in the NBA, you get eight teams down and they get balanced in the first round. They haven't probably won a playoff series since 2009 with Kevin Love, maybe, when he was there. Look at even Golden State. They're insane. They were irrelevant before their new management came through with Jerry West and Steve Kerr. I mean, well, I mean, before you, that, it was Clippers. I mean, before they sold. I mean, how long ago did they sell? Donald Sterling sell the Clippers. That was the worst of the worst franchises in all of Major League Sports. Yeah, but at least even at that point when Donald Sterling was still running the show, he they were still relevant. Minnesota. Yeah, they had Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, Lob oh, City. No, no, no. I'm talking before that. I'm talking I'm talking that was like that none of those players came when Donald Sterling was there. Yeah, they they were. They were there with Doc Rivers the first time around in the late 2000s. Donald Sterling didn't get ousted until I was in high school. No, I don't believe that. No, that wasn't when – it was either – Yeah. Her, right in high school or, like, very shortly after, maybe 2014, 2015. Yeah. Time flies, but maybe the Knicks. Maybe the Knicks are the worst run. They've been... The Knicks or the Mets are definitely up there. The Jets are up there. They at least won playoff games, though. Couple. My nugget of the week. I I dumped on Packers fans last week. And I still kind of stand by 20? that. I'm going to kind of go at Bucks fans a little. So, as I've said before, Wisconsin sports Twitter is a mess. And we saw... How bad the Bucks were in the bubble. How fast they fell apart. And since then, it's been just a darker and darker place. Like, they're so... And, and for good reason, Milwaukee has high reason to have high expectations for the team. You know, we were looking up before the show. They have three of the top 35 players in the NBA by Washington Post Ben Goliver standards. And wasn't there a few places that said that, too? Yeah, there's Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis is one of the top five players in the NBA, according to these rankings. We're not going to get into this right now, boys. We're just going to hold off. And Chris Middleton is around that 20 to 30 mark. 
Drew Holiday is not far behind. The fans have these high expectations for this team that has just kind of spiraled down and down and down the last two years. So really, maybe it should be the Milwaukee Bucks as my nugget of the week. Lost five straight. They've won two straight now, so they're on a, almost on a winning streak. Three, correct? My ultimate point being, Bucks Twitter is all sorts of just suicidal during games at times, which I get, but you're also in like a you know long season. There's no point in melting down every single night when in the NBA, all you have to do is get there. You got to get to the playoffs, which they're going to do. That's not in question. They're going to get to the playoffs. And then you got to perform from there. I saw Rip Hamilton had a comment late last week about how it's possible, you know, not to worry about the Bucks' struggles because they're bored during the regular season. They don't have to turn it on right now. They just got to get there because they know it's not going to matter what people think of them until the playoffs. I don't even disagree with that. I think there's a lot of dysfunction in this team. I We've talked about this at length before. I think Budenholzer should go. I think... Don't think Chris Middleton was an all-star this year. I'm kind of not happy he got snubbed as an all-star, but it's appropriate given how the season's gone. But Buck's Twitter just drives me nuts every single night watching them melt down every single night. Like every game is like an NCAA tournament game where it's going to end the season. So this is at Buck's Twitter. This is at the Milwaukee Bucks organization as a whole too for just letting this team spiral from where they were in 2018. And actually, one thing I want to get to in a different episode, we'll do this probably in two weeks from now. You know, my, my planning is right here, depending on what's going on in the world. You look at how good they were pre-COVID shutdown last year. And after the shutdown, they lose all that momentum. And how much of a dumpster fire that team has really been. Barely get by Orlando in round one. Lose to Miami in round two. And then just barely playing above 500 basketball right now. Just an absolute noogie. From, what, July or August of 2020 to now. And so Bucks, Bucks fans are the Nugget of the Week. Can wow. I jump in on Bucks fans now? Yeah, go ahead. So, Bucks fans, let Ramsey be the voice of reason for you. <laughs> this, okay. is never, this is never a good idea. Yeah, this is... This, this is, is... Listen to me. Can, can, I, can I interject one second? When Ramsey or myself is the voice of reason on something, you know you're in trouble. It's not a good look for us, and it's not a good look for you for us to be the voice of reason. Go ahead, Ramsey. Well, I mean, the Bucks fans have a let's have a chat. Everyone in the state thinks the Bucks are something special. They are an average NBA team. They're an average NBA team that's overpaying for some players, doesn't have the coach right. And their management's mismanaged this whole thing the entire time. You, they are not going to win title this year. And honestly, I don't think they even get there. They're not going to be whatever team comes out of the West. They're probably the third or fourth best team in the East. And you have your superstar is a marginal talent. Or he can be marginalized in big moments. So... Take it as you will, but you need to relax on the Bucks. You need to lower your expectations a little bit. I guess that's I that's what Eric. I'm gonna echo that. They need to get some other things right, and Giannis needs to take a step forward. You need to figure out Chris Middleton. There's some issues that they have to get around before they're gonna be able to take another step. So this year's not gonna be their year. Just 
relax on him. You got to be a little more patient. Just, and I'll understand hearing that, but just be patient with them. They'll, they'll be better, but this year's not the year. Yeah. I guess my question is, is how, how are, if, if, and I'll speak from a true Bucks fan on the, on this segment here is how patient should we be when in reality they've sold out for not the future, not for patience, not for anything. They've sold out for now. They've farmed out the future of first round draft picks all the way to 2027. So first round draft picks so, in the NBA don't mean anything though. When you're in the later part. When you, yeah, when you're as when, the Bucks are going to be a playoff team. I don't I don't disagree with you, but you're talking about casual fans that are thinking about the now and the team is telling you that they've sold out for now and they've showed you that realistically they've showed out for or sold out for now. Personally, and I think I've probably been the biggest Bucks critic of all three of us. I can, no I've, doubt. I think I've always been a pretty big Bucks critic. I think, and this is coming from me, who I am very just sick of hearing about how good the Bucks are because they're not. The Bucks, I think, could figure their problems out in a short time. I think you get the coach right, and you need to move Chris Middleton. And I don't necessarily know what you need to move Chris Milton for, but you need to get that situation figured out. And even if you, because I think Giannis is a good enough player that if he can develop a jump shot, not even a jump shot, if he can get a more consistent jump shot, and they're good enough defensively that they'll win some games. And I think they could win a playoff series. I think they win their opening round, wherever they end up playing. They could win the second round for our yeah. Realistically, right. I just think that there's probably two other teams in the they East, have a peak, yeah, that are just better than they are. So I think you get the coach figured out, you get a contract or two figured out, you run it back next year. I think you could have a much better team next year than what you have this year, and partially that's due to COVID too. So you got to remember that off season stuff is limited, and it's just it kind of when you have a team that's new and you don't have time to mesh together and doesn't think it's really working right now anyways. But I I think they can figure it out in an offseason if they make the right move. But then again, you're, now you're going to trust in the Bucks management, who I don't think you have any reason to trust at this point to get it figured out. Like I said, I mean, they're kind of figuring it out right now, I guess. You can say that they're kind of riding the ship a little bit right now and Beating teams they're supposed to. I mean, they're 19 and 13 right now as a whole. They play the Pelicans coming up here tomorrow night, so Thursday night. Yeah, they won their last three, so that's on me. I had that wrong. They beat the Thunder, the Kings, and the Timberwolves. Which are all games you should have won, though. Right, and that's ultimately my point. You've lost, two, what, like five straight before that? Just it, You can't be having these types of swings where you win five, then you lose, or you win five, you lose five. Mm-hmm. Win three now should, again, by all means beat the Pelicans, but they lost to them a couple weeks ago. So I don't know what the team this team is. Bucks fans are melting down, and just the whole, it's just, it's, it's too much. They're just kind of a mad team right now. 
And at the end of the day, you still have Giannis, which, again, I'm not a huge Giannis fan. I'm a pretty big Giannis critic, actually. But Giannis will keep you relevant enough for the next season or five years, yeah. or four years player option. Right. So he's going to be there another three years after the season. There's some time, and you can get it right. But that's on Giannis, too, that Giannis has to figure out how to actually be a winner because – he gets marginalized in the last quarter. I mean, that's just who he is as a player. You start playing tighter defense on him, he kind of disappears a little bit. It's all fun in games when, you know, it's the first quarter, you run up down the floor, getting easy layups and scoring easy baskets right away. So I do think the Bucks could figure it out. They may even figure it out this year. I could eat these words in, you know. Two, three months. Yeah, two or three months. And I'm going to be fine with that. If that happens, great. Like, good for you, Bucks. You got it figured out. I was wrong. I can admit that. I'll be a man enough about it to say, hey, I was wrong. I read it wrong. Whatever. Fear the deers. Yeah, fear the deers. I'm all about it. But <laughs> we just got to figure. Like, there's some issues in the team that they got to get righted before we're gonna have serious conversations about them actually being a title contender. Yeah. All right. So we go from that. We look at the Bucks. Like I said, they finally won. So we kind of went from Nuggie of the week into we kind of going around the state here. Look at some stuff. So, Bucks finally win. It's ugly at times. Speaking of playing ugly, the Badgers, still playing very ugly, got <laughs> beat by Iowa again last yeah. week. Justin and I had said on this very podcast last week in episode 10, that game had to have been, you know, should be a springboard game. you got to use it as a springboard game. And at no point were they in that game. Luca Garza had a great game, by the way. Like, this is not, you know he's going to get his. He's that good of a player. Very Frank Kaminsky-esque, and then turns it on oh, in the he's... late part of his career. He's the Naismith Player of the Year, no doubt about that. No, right. I, I don't think any. I don't think there's anybody in college basketball that's even close to as good as this dude. But so you, got, you they bounce back from that game. They finally get a win. They beat Northwestern on Sunday. It was yeah Sunday night. Um, first yeah. of all, Demetri Trice cost me again in in monkey knife fight. <laughs> so I should have probably made him my nugget of the week, but I had to get that whole Bucks thing off my chest. He was a more or less 13.5. I thought, you know, bounce back from Iowa. He'll go score more than 13.5. You know what he scored, Ramsey? He scored 13. Oh. So, yeah. Oh. Um, so it cost me a little bit of scratch on Monkey Knife Fight. Um, you know, they've got some time to figure it out again. You know, they got it. They've kind of, you know, they played ugly against Northwestern at first. At first. They they ended up turning it into probably their, one of their most complete games this season. And, like, you know, top to bottom finish. They have Micah Potter coming off the bench. He led the way with 19 on Sunday. They have a couple games coming up here before the tournament starts to really kind of, you know, get it right, get everything kind of in tune. Because as long as you, you know, perform well in the tournament, it's probably a four or five seed in the NCAA tournament. Could possibly be up to a three if they can go make a run in the Big Ten tournament. We'll see. And then you've got to turn it on for the NCAA tournament. But I, I don't know if that happens. You know, for all the expectations this team had, I don't know. So just to hit back on uh, Monkey Knife Fight for a second. So it's been a rough few rounds for us, right? Yeah. So we're not putting food on the table this week. But you know what? I got a feeling about next week that Monkey Knife Fight is going to buy us burgers. And that's just what's going to be. You know, Monkey Knife Fight. Okay. You're going to get in that later? You wanna, we'll, we'll circle back to that. I like that. Burger yeah. Night. Burger Night. 
I got a monkey knife fight, burger knife. All right. Counting so, it. Justin, any parting thoughts here with the Badgers? Yeah, I mean, they're just like, like I've said this for, you know, weeks upon weeks upon weeks. The Badgers are not very good when Price is pounding the ball on the floor. And as of recent, when we're playing good teams, good teams are forcing that to happen. It's not uh, it's not rocket science as to what what uh, is faulting the Badgers right now, and, and Greg Gard has to turn it around. I mean, you you should be honestly, you should be disappointed to beat Northwestern by the score that you did at sixty eight fifty one, but pulled away late. I mean, you, th- those are teams. You're talking about five seniors on the floor with some great prospects playing on, on, on the floor with Wall and, and, and Davis, you should be blowing these teams out early and often and getting these young guys experience. That's not happening. They're not, I mean, the Iowa game, they're not relatively even close. They're getting walked out of their own gym now. So there's something to miss. And, and like I said, good teams are making tries pound the ball on the floor and, uh, it's hurting. It's hurting the Badgers bad. So it's got to turn around. And and like I said, I I think they still have their best basketball ahead of them. I mean, they have to. If they play any worse, I mean, they got a tough task with Illinois this weekend. Then Madison, which doesn't really mean anything with no fans, but still in Madison. So, you know, good time to maybe, again, right the ship. Two regular season games left after that. You got Purdue next week. Tuesday, you got... Another game against Iowa in Iowa on the seventh, so a week from this Sunday. Then it's Big Ten champ- tournament time. Got to have a decent showing there. I do think they have a little bit of an advantage going into the NCAA tournament, given just how good the Big Ten is. Mm-hmm. I think I mean the teams are beating up on each other. You know we see these kind of lopsided games where it sucks right now in the meantime, but you're gonna play some. Probably overseeded teams. I mean, Wisconsin's probably going to be underseated in the grand scheme of things because of how good the Big Ten is. So I'm not overly worried. Like, I think they pro- could be a Sweet 16 team. I'm not sure if I see them going too much further than that, but that's still two tournament wins and probably get bounced from there if they play everything right and if they're the team that I think they are. Maybe they get to an Elite Eight. I don't obviously see them as a Final Four championship type team, but I think they could make a, a decent run at it. I tell you what, I wouldn't want to play them. Yeah. I would not want to play the Badgers come tournament time. That's a team that could get hot. They have the talent to get hot, right? Experience. They have experience. I, good coach. Yeah, I would not want to. That's not the team that I'd want to have to go up against because they're going to be. In the round of 32. Yeah. that's Even uh, a Sweet 16 mm-hmm. game. I mean, you've got talent who's old enough to be in the NBA. I mean, they've. They're older than the Knicks. Well, they were before Derrick Rose got traded, average age. <laughs> um, but you have a, a very senior-heavy team. You know, a team that's always dangerous come tournament time. Those senior-laden, top-tier program teams. You know, you look at why Michigan State's always so good. Yep. A lot of seniors, a really great coach in Tom Izzo. I think they have a very similar kind of path here. And like I said, could make a decent run, not like a Final Four run. I hope I'm wrong on that. But like I said, realistically a Sweet 16 team that could get to the Elite Eight. I think that's their ceiling. I think we all would agree with that, right? I mean, 
realistically speaking, they did it hot, like I said, right down the season there. They've done it before. Yeah. Been hot, Big Ten tournament time. And, and they're another team, you know, I was talking about this, this episode we're going to do in about two weeks. Really looking at where Wisconsin sports was pre-COVID shutdown. The Badgers won eight in a row. We're about to go in the Big Ten tournament. Red hot. Couldn't miss the three-point shot, really. I think they were the ESPN <clears throat> FPI national champions based on simulation. So, Hang who the knows? Banner. Hang the banner. Hang the banner. <laughs> yeah, take what you can get. Justin? No, I mean, I agree. They're they're going to be a tough out. It's just they just have to figure it out. You know, just stop letting Trice pound the fucking ball on the floor and <laughs> move on. Can we right. start a petition to make Justin the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers? <laughs> we we, we uh, would some would, natties. I'm serious. That would go that would go way worse than what it is right now. No, let me I, tell you. I got that some confidence. We would get some natties. I'd watch every game. I would watch every single game. I would get thrown out of every game. So. I, I hope so. <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be like a, a PED filled Bob Knight. I would say. <laughs> Think about how good that would be for our show, though. Like, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers goes on Pat McAfee's right, show every right. Wednesday. We get Coach Dahl of the Wisconsin Badgers just all sorts of pissed off on Wednesday night. Fresh off his tee up. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be awesome. In fact, I think I think it was yesterday. Was the anniversary of the Bob Knight? Uh, it was the chair throw. Chair throw. I saw that on my Twitter Twitter timeline. Was and yeah, I would. Whenever that happened, every year you got to stop and watch that video because it's one of the greatest videos <laughs> of, of of all coaching. Just get thrown out of the game and say fuck it. I'm throwing a chair right across the floor and, and slow walk out, and the crowd just cheers for Speaking you. Speaking of great it's, it's coaching greatest. moments. My guy, Kevin Borseth, and the coach of GB for the women, has one of the all-time post-game rants. Mm-hmm. Like, just when he was coaching Michigan, that stint he did between his two stints at Green Bay, all-time moment. It is, if, if you haven't seen it, go do yourself a favor. I love Coach Borseth. Coach Borseth is one of the nicest people in the world. So, like, athletic staff, players, students, great dude. Awesome moment. Like I, I'm sure he's not. It's not something he's very proud of, but at the same time, he got to feel like it. It went viral, so there's like a little bit of like, yeah, I did that. I think you gotta own it though. Even the stuff that you're not necessarily proud of, you said it. You just gotta own it at that point. Be like, yeah, I fucking did that. Yeah, that's come what I'm my, saying. Let's come, come to my program. Let's go. Yeah. So yeah, like so Van just, Gundy from Oklahoma State. I'm a man. I'm forty. You yes. know that guy. Yeah. So. Yeah, looking around the state, you know, just kind of want to shout out uh, Green Bay Phoenix here, too. Um, good weekend for the Phoenix as well. The Green Bay Phoenix women knocked off Wright State not once, but twice in their weekend series. So, so swept the weekend series, beat the number one team, number one seeded team in the Horizon League regular season finale. Uh, Green Bay men split with UIC. They host their first, um, their first round of the Horizon League tournament game nice. on Friday, which is just a hell I did not picture them being like I said uh, I could see them making a nice little run here they you know in the Horizon tournament nothing I see them winning this year but you know shout out GB for the men you know getting to host that first round game Green Bay women will host I got it's the highest remaining seed because how the tournament works out um, the top four teams skip to the quarterfinals so they will host that first game on March 3rd. 
So good all-around time for the Phoenix fans here, myself included as an alum. Uh, go GB. And one last thing to touch on here. Um, I know that this is going to bore you guys to tears, but Milwaukee Brewers spring training camp, er, camp is officially on. We're that much closer to summer baseball. You know, time starts, you know, calendar starts turning around. Green grass. Baseball time. Life's about to get better. For who? Me. Yeah, did you see they they got... I can't believe they got Shaw back. The uh, mayor of Ding Dong City is back in Milwaukee. Yeah. His yeah, second term. That was pretty cool. Pretty cool. So, yeah, big, big time for me. We still have to go down to... What was that town you hit? Beloit. Beloit. We still Beloit. We're going to see yes, the... Beloit. The Beloit team. Yeah, it is their officially their last year being the Snappers. They're going through a rebrand as being uh, part of the Marlins organization after this season. So the last season in as the Beloit Snappers. Were they good? I, I don't think they have a name yet. Hopefully the Otter Tuggers. That's the Wisconsin Timberwolves thing, man. Don't don't you do that. Don't do that. The, Hopefully that's what they go to, though. Because we're going to go party in Beloit. Yeah, that's not happening. Being the Snappers. You're, you're both on mute right now. You're both in timeout. All right, so one thing Ramsey wanted to touch on. Um, before we, you know, with kind of switching over, switching gears. So actually, I'll let Rams, I'll unmute Ramsey here. We can kind of go. I'm uh, back. Two routes here. So first, I know you want to talk about the NFL, about the free agency, and quarterback mark kind of going around. We also have some grades to give out for the Packers. So do you want to talk NFL grades first? Grades first. Grades first. Okay. So as we started last week, we did quarterbacks. We did the special team, so we went kicker, long snapper, punter. We had a great conversation about J.K. Scott. Stallion. Who can't tackle. Doesn't have to. You don't pay him to tackle. He's paying <laughs> to take balls, not tackles. Lay down. Lay down. So Anyways. we will go from that. This week we are covering running backs and outside linebackers. So I think instead of kind of we'll keep it short-ish, you know, we're not going to – I don't want to do the whole group as a whole. We'll kind of go guy by guy for the running backs, and then we can kind of switch over to outside linebackers. So first we start with, our, with RB1, Aaron Jones. Rams, you can start. Grade and quick reason. I think you have to say individually probably an A-. minus. Yeah, we're going individually. Yeah, so. absolute monster season. The offense kind of runs through RB1, so when... The motion and stuff that Matt LaFleur wants to do with this team, RB1 is great. Aaron Jones had a great season. He fits that role, what he needs to do. Unfortunately, probably a little expensive to bring back at this point, but... I feel that. That's A-, minus probably. We're going to miss Aaron Jones, that's for sure. Yeah, I, assuming they don't franchise tag him, which did open as of today, it's still being kind of kicked around. He's got a lot of expensive suitors between the Miami Dolphins are rumored around. Yep. I think the Steelers are kind of kicking the tires on that. Um, Supposedly he has expressed interest in Miami now, too. I That would be a great fit for I don't want to see him leave. Like I said, if we can even cat tag him this year and then you know either work on something next year or just kind of go all in one more time, I'm fine with that. I also give him an A. I mean, he missed a couple games with injury. Matt LaFleur made some weird personnel choices with him at times where he wasn't on the field, but he was always in the big moments. Mm-hmm. Need him when you got him. Aaron Jones gets an A in my book. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a B plus. Uh, I think just for the the pure sack uh, the, the of what you kind of lingered to there, Eric was some weird personnel and he if it, it kind of felt like he had some more left in him that he kind of was forced to leave on the table. Um, so just for the the pure fact that uh, uh, a lot of people think that he he left a little on the table yet, um, I'll give him a B plus. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, he he did fumble in one of the bigger moments at the NFC Championship game. He had that was an issue for him previously. He got jacked but, up pretty good on that hit though. But too. what you, what he does for this offense, like Ramsey was alluding to, RB one is such a key part of the offense and. Having a guy who can do what Aaron Jones can do, which is kind of the reason I'm really hesitant to just move on from him and Jamal and go strictly with A.J. Dillon. If you don't get Aaron Jones back, you need a guy exactly like Aaron Jones who can catch the ball out of the backfield, who can split out wide, run routes like a receiver, catch the ball regularly, and also be able to back, you know, home run threat out of the backfield. You need that guy in this offense. I, again, I, whether he comes back or not, you need to be able to replace him. With something. Like, something like that. I don't know if, you know, if it's a draft pick or if it's getting James White on it. You know, I know he's been one name that's been kicked around, kind of that receiving type back, that speed transition type back. I wouldn't be opposed to that as an option. I think that would make enough Wisconsin fans happy for when J.J. Watt doesn't sign here. We'll get to that in a little bit. That's a little tease for you, boys and girls. But... You need a back that can do that to make that offense work. Yep. So we go from Aaron Jones. We'll go to Jamal Williams. Serviceable back. Uh, I'll start with the grade on this one. Serviceable back. Good number two change of pace back. Runs fat. You know, runs fast downhill. Could make a move if need be. Catches the ball out of the backfield pretty well. Um, got me in trouble with Kevin King once though. No, I'm kidding. Um. So, also, Jamal Williams is such a hard grade to give because he wasn't Aaron Jones, but he's also that good change of pace back. I'd probably have to give him a B. Maybe a B minus. I was going to give him an A. I think that he did everything that was asked of him. He's not asked to be Aaron Jones. He's not the first running back. He's just asked to be a common change of pace guy. He's an excellent blocker. So, where, where my yeah. downgrade comes in is the games that Aaron Jones missed to, due to injury. There was a noticeable gap in talent, and you were a little bit more limited in the offense because of the things he... he He's a lot like what the like what Wisconsin running backs used to be for so long. You look at, like, P.J. Hill, John Clay. They were one-cut backs who run downhill really yep. hard, where that's going to get you five, six yards on a good run, you know, possibly make it more. But it's not a home run threat back. You know, you look at, like I said, you look at, say, like, the difference between Melvin Gordon, Jonathan Taylor versus P.J. Hill, Jonathan Clay. Those guys can pop off some long runs for you. Mm -hmm. They can make a move, make a guy miss, go through a guy. They can score some longer touchdowns for you if at times. The difference between an Aaron Jones run versus Jamal Williams run, though, sometimes that Aaron or that Jamal Williams run that went six or seven, maybe even goes ten for a first down, could be a touchdown with Aaron Jones. That speaks to how special a player Aaron Jones is, but it's also a perception thing where Jamal Williams very serviceable, very good back. Can't give it an A though. 
personally speaking. And I love Jamal. This is not an attack on Jamal, aside from the time that he got me in trouble with uh, Kevin King by just having the same last number, the 2-0 versus the 3-0, but I digress. Justin? Well, was Ramsey done with his portion of it? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay, uh, I'm going to give him an A. Uh, I think he's spectacular. I mean, he ran for 505 yards on the year, uh, averaged four, four and a quarter, and he had 31 receptions out of the backfield. Uh, not only that, but to kind of piggyback off of uh, what Ramsey said, I personally believe that he is a top five pass protecting back yeah. in the league. He's really the guy good. Is he is superb. So, out of the two, I think it would. Uh, uh, sure, it, the big playability is going to hurt out of Aaron Jones, but the pass protection. If we lose Jamal Williams too, the the pass protection portion of that is really really going to hurt, and that's really what nobody's talking about. Well, out of these two backs leaving. And so, both of them, both of them, I by the give way, him great pass blockers. Aaron yeah, Jones, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones didn't right. start at first because he wasn't, at, quote unquote, as good at, in pass pro. He grew in that a lot. He made yeah, some yeah. damn good blocks a lot that didn't get talked about enough because of how special a back he was otherwise. So I, I agree that both those guys will be missed in that role if they do end up both parting. Um, also, just the energy that both those guys brought. Yep. You know, you had Aaron Jones in the poncho and the sombrero every road trip. You had Jamal Williams dancing on the field every pregame. Two guys who genuinely, you know, best friend type guys, you know, be like me and Ramsey being on the same team. It would not have been good for any coach. No. It's a good thing I went to Jilly and went to Surrey. Because mm-hmm. him and I on the same team would have been just a terrible, terrible time for coaches. So so then we look at the future, apparent, heir apparent, I should say, of the running back room in Green Bay. Rookie A.J. Dillon. And this is another complicated one. Because A.J. Dillon didn't always get the reps. A, just because of how good those two guys above him were. He also had a pretty long spell with COVID. Um, glad he recovered, all that stuff. Had a really special game against Tennessee late in the season that kind of gave a lot of Packer fans, kind of gave you know that reluctant okay with you know possibly Jamal and Aaron being gone because you sh- you saw a lot of those potential things the reason he was taken as a second round pick which at the time I did not love him as a second round pick I'm still kind of iffy on it but you see a lot of good things there too so if I had to give him a grade which again this is, I don't even know if we can because of how limited he was in action I'd probably go B plus B just because it wasn't there a whole lot. Like, there's not a whole lot to grade. Like, his game against Tennessee was an A. But there was other times where, you know, he's just got to get used to the offense. He's got to be used to catching passes out of the backfield, which you did see some struggles at times where he just had taken awkward adjustments to catch a ball from Rodgers, not quite on that same page. I Like I said, it's, it's hard. I could I don't even know if we should probably give him a grade, but if I had to, it would probably go B. B+. Plus. I'm going to say B, and... I'm going to say B because you saw flashes. You saw flashes of special, and that's even there are some starting quarterbacks in the league that you don't really see flashes of special. Such so, as? 
uh, Baker Mayfield. Oh, there it is. <laughs> 50, yeah, yeah. what are we at? 57 minutes? Good for you, Randy. I had to, I had to find a way to uh, horseshoe <laughs> that one in there. You're welcome. So, um, no, but in all seriousness, you did see Flash is special, which I'm higher on AJ Dillon now after the end of the season that he had. Oh, absolutely. That's exactly and what I'm saying. So, so. Uh, and I was with you. I'm still kind of, if it works, great. If not, it's a second-round pick. I mean, I'd rather have our second-round picks hit, but if not, it's not the end of the world. But he did show flashes in the season, so I'm on the A.J. Dillon bandwagon. I don't. I agree with you. I don't necessarily think he's going to be the number. You could be number one next year, but there's going to need to have to be a change of pace back that can do something. It's going to have to be a 1A, 1B. Yep. Kind of like Eddie Lacy and James Starks from a few years ago. Or, like, more more specifically... Like a Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, yeah, yep, exactly. Backfield the dynamic, and I think that that's something that we could see, and especially Matt Lafleur likes to use running backs in different formations and different positions on the field. So, um, pretty high on AJ Dillon right now, and I, I hope that he continues to grow, and he's in a good position. So just don't mess it up, right? That's kind of the rule now, AJ. Just do what you do. And don't mess the opportunity up, and you'll be fine. And also beat Boston Connor in the Oklahoma drill from Pat McAfee. Show. Yeah, yep. Got to do that. Got to beat him then. I don't know if I'd want to go do Oklahoma against AJ Dillon. Oh. Get that fuck truck. Justin? Yeah, I'm going to go C+. Plus. To be honest with you, he, he really struggled to pick up the offense. He really struggled to pick up the... Uh, the pass protection part of the game. No, I agree that his uh, his opportunities were limited. He only toted the ball 46 times this year, so um, you know, not not uh, a great amount of opportunity to showcase what he could do. But uh, is it promising? Yeah, he averaged five, five over five yards of carry. So I mean, you give it to him three times, we're we're moving the ball down the field. So. I, you know, I, I would think maybe with a uh, with a, a larger off-season camp to kind of study the offense and, and, and go through it, you know, like a normal season or a normal off-season, I think we could see a, a big jump, sure. But I thought maybe just this year, just because of the lack of opportunities and the, and the lack of... Uh, Picking up the offense as fast as uh, some may have thought that he would, uh, I'll give him a C plus. That's fair. A little sign on that though. Aaron Rodgers took a year to get the offense figured out. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, so no, it's a, it's a fairly later. complex offense to an AJ Dillon yeah. sense. He went to Boston College. So he's pretty smart, right? That's, that's a pretty yeah. one of those schools you have to be. It's, like it's not really. It's not really a knock. Thing. It was just kind of. It's just kind of the opportunities. Yeah. And, Doesn't know how many yards and, and the down. opportunities that he was going to get are, were, you know, yeah. either sh- third and short or, you know, you're pass protecting. And I, I don't think that he excelled in that area and just wasn't his time yet. And then when he got called upon, they, they really kind of changed their game plan against uh, Tennessee where, you know, he toted the ball this year for 46 times, but in that game he toted it for 24. So, you know. Over half ha- his carries. Half of his season total is in one game. So, That's that O'Connell you know, math coming on right there. The, you, you change the game. You change the game plan for him. So, 
It'll be interesting to see what what they come up with next year for him, uh, as it, as the way it looks right now. He's he's jumping up the depth chart pretty far. So so Justin, we'll see. You're a big draft guy, right? Have you, you seen any prospects for Green Bay coming up? And like uh, around two or three kind of yeah. guy. In round two or three? Yeah. I mean, I, I, have, it, I, I, I have been looking. There there are a lot of good guys. I, I would think that, uh, you know, types of guys that could fill that slasher role that Aaron Jones is 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 a guy that might fall just because of on pure size is uh, Rondale Moore. Uh, he's anywhere from the, from the bottom of round one to the middle of round three. As, he's from you know, Purdue, as, correct? Yeah, he's 5'9", 180, so oh, that type of size, and it's not like he has Tyreek Hill speed, you know, at that size, but he is quick, and so that that would be a guy I look at. Um, there's a couple out there, and as we go, I, I can't wait to talk about it because I'm just going to start reeling these guys off uh, relatively. Uh, when we get into that type of topic, I know Eric wants to stay away from it for a little bit yet, so... Yeah, we got to finish uh, but, up the season yet, Justin. Damn. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, <laughs> right. there's there's a couple guys up there, and I, I think uh, I think there's a sneaky guy that uh, you know if, if we don't get you know any of the free agents that we're talking about, that uh, there's a guy that they could steal in free agency and Curtis Samuel. Yeah, that would that would there. kind of fill fill uh, that slasher role. Um, so, you know, All just right. a little preview. So we go from offense to defense. We look at the outside linebacker position. Zadarius Smith is the first outside linebacker. This one's kind of tough for me, too. So Zadarius still had a pretty good year. He didn't get a whole lot of help on the other side at times. and he, I mean, his numbers weren't as good as year one, but he did a lot. Mm-hmm. And he got a lot, you know, a lot... A lot of double teams, a lot of extra, you know, extra action going his way. Zadarius Smith, I would still probably, I'd probably give him an A minus. I think that's a. It might seem a little high. He still wrapped up, I think, fourteen or thirteen sacks this year. If my my math is right. Um, so pretty good year from Zadarius. Got a lot of pressures. Just couldn't always get home. Which whatever. Twelve and a half sacks this year. Thirty five tackles, four and a half sacks, and four forced fumbles. So. Actually, I'm going to take that back. I'm going to bump that up to an A. All around, another great year from Zadarius. And we'll, I'm going to keep him at an A. I also agree with Bill with an A. He, he didn't get a lot of help from the other side, and that's kind of the when you're a pass rusher, you need to have something on the other side because then you shift coverage or uh, protection to wherever side of the field he's currently on. So I think that I would agree with Eric, probably about an A. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go A. I I, I you know it, for all the the real reasons you guys said you guys nailed it on the head. You're not getting a lot of help on the other side, and and, and the offense or the offense can really kind of focus on putting a chip on you and, and double team McKenny and and not getting a pass rush from any of the other three spots that are there. Uh, it really makes it hard for for uh, those guys and and for him to put up those stats was. Outstanding. So, yeah, A. A is an easy answer. So, this is, I think, going to be the hardest one of this group. Preston Smith, who for all, probably 
if I had to guess right now, just because of how the salary cap is, probably won't be a Packer next year. And if he is, it's going to be on a vastly different deal. Preston Smith finishes season, 29 tackles, 4 sacks, 0 forced fumbles, no interceptions. Preston Smith, in his defense, I think got put in a lot of bad positions. He was in coverage, it seemed like, a lot more this year because of how Mike Patton was scheming. What a Did, bomb. Didn't have all the, you know, didn't have the sack numbers he did last year. If I had, you know, again, you know, this is what we're doing. We're giving grades out. I'm probably going to give him a C-. I don't think he was as bad as most people think he is. You know, I know a lot, he had a down year by comparison. I don't think he was always put in a position to have, you know, success. At one point, he got benched. But he also had some big moments down the stretch where he did show up, too. So I don't think I'm, you know, giving that end of season little burst he had too much, you know, credence because he had, you know, of his four sacks, trying to think where they all came here. I mean, he had one against the Panthers in week 15, half of one in week 13, one in week 12, and one in week 10. So, I mean, they all came at the later parts of the season. He did turn it on later in the season when he had to, when they needed him the most. C minus. I'm gonna say D. He he got benched, and he's getting paid not superstar money, but he's getting paid very handsomely for definitely not even average numbers. So I'm good to see him go. Hopefully, and strip, or get a couple more dollars for JJ Watt, maybe. Yeah, we'll get in that in a little bit. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, I'm I'm gonna go with a solid C. Like Eric said, a lot of this was taken out of his out of his hands and, and, and when you when you find yourself lost out in coverage, you start second guessing everything you're doing in every other aspect of the game. Um he just he, he looked like a player that didn't really believe in the in the calls that were being called for him. Um and it showed on the field some. Uh, I'll give him a little leeway, uh, but I, I think he was a C. Not great, not horrible, not great. Not eight, not what, 8.6 million towards the cap? Great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Next one we'll go with, I think, who had the best year, all things considered. Besides, I mean, Darius had the best statistical season. The best coming out party was Rashawn Gary. First-round draft pick 2019. Ended up of the season, had 19 tackles, five sacks, zero forced fumbles. A lot of doubters on him coming and, into the season. And that was, again, towards the end of the season, correct? A lot of those numbers came towards after week 10, correct? Uh, his sack total, he had one, in week, or one and a half in week two, so really good showing in week two. One in week 10, one and a half in week 13, and then one in week 14. However, his tackles came, he had a bigger impact down the stretch. I'll, I'll give you that. He had six in week 17, five in week, five in week 16, three in week 15, four in week 13. So, yeah, big impact player down the stretch. High motor guy, saw a lot of, you know, the potential of why he was taken so high in the draft that he was. Really, I think he answered a lot of the critics that, a lot of people were saying, okay, why do we draft him? We have Preston, we have Zadarius. 
he's been a guy who kind of got by at Michigan based on potential more than actual results. And I think he silenced all those critics. I'd probably go with a probably a B plus. I don't know if I can quite give him an A, but a B plus from him. I'm still gonna go with probably a C. I mean he he played better down the stretch. There's more I wanna see it more. I wanna see him have a full season of reps and a full season of him having the ability to get in the swing of an NFL game. And then I think I think it's kinda of like we're talking with AJ Dillon, where it's pretty hard to give him a grade too. He didn't take a whole lot of snaps this year. So I, I would say probably a C, C plus maybe. That's fair. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Ramsey on this. Uh, he he really feels kind of like a uh, like he was when he was coming out of college. This was just uh, he, he's loaded with potential, but um, has it really translated to to the field now? I know you said he said 19 tackles, five sacks in, in a reserve role. I don't think these numbers. I think these numbers are backwards. By the way, I take that back. Thirty four tackles for him, oh. but I I don't know how they. Uh, I mean, that makes a little bit of a change. I I would say C still though, but uh, you know, just it seems like he's full of potential, and and that potential kind of took to the field this year. Maybe a C plus, but it, it's it's enough potential now to to be able to allow the Packers to, uh, you know. Cut think, Preston Smith and save the money and, and, and put those funds elsewhere. I figured it out. Uh, so it was it was 34 total tackles, 18 solo. That's how they did it. Oh, here. okay. But still, yeah. I, I think, I, yeah, just echo that, though. A lot of potential. Got to see it in a full season, though. And I think financially speaking, it makes a lot of sense yep. to kind of walk from Preston and, and give him that shot, especially because he is a first-round draft pick. So you have still three more seasons. To see if what, you choose yeah. to, two, to see what two you got. more before you have to pick up the, well, one more before you have to decide if you're going to pick it up, which yeah. I probably will though because they're not paying him anything, right? No, right. This was the second year, third. Yeah, year. it's the second year, but you have to make that decision going into their fourth year. Yeah, if you're not the fifth year option. Yeah. So okay. one one more season to make that decision. So then we kind of look at the reserves. Uh, this is going to be kind of hard to, to grade these guys. Uh, Randy Ramsey, who was more known on special teams, and uh, Jonathan Garvin, again, more of a special teams guy, had their moments. You know, I, I think we'll just kind of agree to give them an incomplete and move on from that. But yeah. really, you kind of look at those as your, your main three impact guys and two guys and, you know, who bounced around, made their plays here and there, and more on special teams, so, you know, good for those guys. They're on the team. Shout yeah. out, shout them out here. So, uh, from that, we'll go to a little bit of Packer free agency news, as we kind of touched on earlier. Uh, teams kind of kicking the tires on Aaron Jones, undecided if he's going to be the franchise tag player. Packers haven't used a franchise tag, I think I saw since 2011 or 2010. It's been a while. Who was who the franchise tag? I actually think it was Mason Crosby. Oh, really? If I'm not mistaken, I think they had franchise Mason Crosby. As the last Packers uh, franchise tag, I'm gonna look that up just to double check. I think you're right. I I think it you're sounds right. So I traditionally speaking, they don't do it. Um, 
but it is an option that they can do. I mean, if you were looking at extending Aaron Jones, it is he's a guy who has that, you know, you save a lot of money there if you're wanting to bring him back for a year. What he was probably going to make in terms of cap money and, you know, his per year money was probably looking at 14, 13, 14 million dollars on open market, get paid like a top running back. You can kind of cut that in half. I mean, almost literally cutting it in half if you tag them for a year. Again, traditionally speaking, they don't do this, so I don't anticipate them doing it, but it is something that they, they do have an option to do. Um, the Packers did cut Rick Wagner and Christian Kirksey to make some salary cap room. Christian Kirksey kind of surprises me a little bit. No, he was, he was one of the ones that was uh, first bandied about that was going to get it. I him, know. Him, Wagner, Smith, and... Just because five million dollars and, and the guy was injury prone coming in, they kind of took a flyer on him. They kind of signed him to a contract that wasn't going to be that allowed him to do this in, in cutting him without penalty this year. It was kind of it, they really kind of signed him to a you know lose it to prove it deal. You know what I'm saying? So by the way, I just got to cycle back on this for just a second. I was wrong. It was not Mason Crosby. It was Ryan Pickett. And they actually oh, franchise they franchised him two years in a row, 20, 2009 and twenty ten. He was franchised. When was the last time you heard Ryan Pickett be talked about on uh, today? <laughs> today, this is probably the last since two thousand eleven, right? He uh, wow. he played with the Packers till twenty thirteen, and he played one season with the Houston Texans twenty fourteen. Called it a career. Didn't Johnny Jolly play beside him? Yeah, at one point. <laughs> at one point, before, he, before um, the purple spring. Career career stats for Ryan Pickett, five hundred seventy seven total tackles, nine and a half sacks, one forced fumble, two fumble recoveries, thirty two pass deflections. Shout out Ryan Pickett. Yeah, but he was your prototypical guy that what just ate up two blockers in the middle. And, right? Yeah, he, he, I mean he's not like Kenny Clark where they expect Kenny Clark to kind of get a pass rush up the middle. That's that's kind of what the no, Packers. He, he had he did his thing. He did his career. Good for him. Like I said, so that was the last Packers franchise tag, 2010, Ryan Pickett. Um, so kind of some other news. So we talked about who they've already released. I They're spitting that Rodgers is going to restructure his deal. That was kind of coming around, kicking tires on that. On, I think I saw that reported yesterday, um, that kind of coming out from Bleacher Report. Not a surprise at all. Probably going to also give that extension to Devontae Adams, have the yeah. money be at the back end to really save yourself some cap there. So two moves to kind of put you back under for, as Ramsey mentioned, potential move at J.J. Watt. We talked about that pretty, you know, quite a bit last week, so I'm not really going to rehash that conversation. But he did announce, or not he didn't announce, but uh, ESPN's John Clayton did state that he's down his three final teams, the Packers, the Bills, and the Titans. Titans, and then the Raiders as a dark horse are kind of still in it. So say what you will about that, but that's kind of where we're at with JJ Watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's where that's at. And one other thing that we had mentioned in our group chat that I had sent you guys um, was Bleach Reports had a you know kind of a poll of who should be the top free agency target, and the Packers' top free agency target was Levante David, um, who was what they had written in. Just kind of being that better version of what Christian Kirksey should have been. How old is Levante David, though? Has he been in the NFL like forever? I will look at that. You Levante guys to... David? 
Or am I thinking of someone else? I think you're thinking of someone else. Uh, he's only got to be 24, 25 years old. He's 31. Yeah. 31? Yeah. Oh, he was drafted God. in 2012. Then, then I, holy cow, was I way off. Then I totally agree with what I said. No way you could sign that guy. No way. Depending on what the money's like. I, I, there's any free agent that I think Green Bay wants to bring in as of now. So it looks like they're clearing cap space to bring some people in, right? And or any retain. F- and, sure. Whatever Green Bay wants to do in free agency, I think is a benefit for the team. I, I Like you said, retain, sure. If it's retained, great. I don't see well. Corey Lindsley, you know, was you know, now that we're talking about this. Corey Lindsley believed to be out. He hasn't had any conversations reported with the Packers front office, as we've kind of talked about. Kind of became expendable with how good Elton Jenkins is. You can get a center in the draft pretty cheap late, and sure. you still have you still have two guys that you drafted linemen that didn't play this year. So they must be high on those guys. That's what if I'm there's if too. there's one thing I trust the Green Bay Packers organization in is drafting offensive linemen. Green Bay has always drafted offensive linemen well for whatever reason, so yeah, not too concerned if Carlinza decides to walk too. I, but if anyone that Green Bay wants to bring in is going to be a upgrade for the players they're currently looking at, right? Just just some perspective here, Levante David. Again, I'm not saying he's the answer. His 2020 season played all 16 games, started all 16, 117 combined tackles, 82 solo, 35 assists, one and a half sacks. He had six pass deflections, one interception, and forced four, three fumbles, recovered two in 2020. So I'm going to say this about the Packers as going into 2021. And I think we saw it with Tampa Bay coming on the stretch. That defense played out of its mind for about six weeks during the end of the season. So I think the old adage of defense wins championships is still there. I don't think it means what it used to mean. Like, I don't think you have to have – you have to have a top 10 defense. You don't have to have a defense that gives up 200 yards a game anymore. But you have to have a top 10 defense that's good situationally. It's only like Delante David – who his for through his career has always been good situationally, correct? Yeah. I mean, if you, I think he's always readily available for the most part. And Levante did he have David, a leg injury at one point? If he did, it was very minimal. Levante David twenty nine or twenty twenty played sixteen games, started all sixteen. Twenty nineteen sixteen sixteen. Twenty eighteen fourteen started fourteen. Twenty seventeen started or played thirteen started thirteen. Uh, sixteen and fifteen started all sixteen. 2013-2012 is rookie year started all 16. So, yeah, I might I've been So, but he's, you know, if there if you're always available and you get after opposing offenses, I'm all about it. Bring them in. Yeah, I I I don't hate him as an like as an idea. Um someone to kick the tires on definitely an upgrade of what you had. I think that's a better sign than JJ Watt personally. Yeah, and that's the thing. So that's what ultimately what my point was last week was, would J.J. Watt ultimately make sense here? I could see it. Financially reasonable, you know, get a decent deal. I could see it. 
I think there's better signings that could be made, though. And at this point, I, I don't know how close he has been following the J.J. Watt stuff, but it sounds like he still wants to get paid pretty well. Like, it sounds like he still wants to get his. Like, so it doesn't sound like he's going to take a... Well, if he wants to get his, he should go to Las Vegas, play for the Raiders. But I, that's kind of what... That's why... Or Tennessee. I think Tennessee is room that they could make a move for him. But um, it doesn't sound like he's going to be willing to take undervalue to come to Green Bay. And I think when I was talking about it last week, that was kind of my what I would like to see if J.J. Watt were to come here, that he might take a slight bit of a pay cut to be involved in Green Bay's organization. I'd agree with that. Um, let's see, taking a look here. So I, do, I have uh, spot tracks up. Um, so teams with available cap. As of right now, let's take a look. So Buffalo has $4.5 million, 4. 5 million in available cap. Vegas has one point one, Green Bay has negative four point five, from what they're projecting here, as everything sits right now. So, with that in mind, I still think if you're if you want your money and that's all you care about, the Raiders are probably your team. If you want to win and you want your money. I mean, Buffalo has the most cap. Like, that's your team that you're going to go to if that's the case. And I actually, I think that's a great fit for him. I could really see that happening. Or Tennessee. Yeah. I, did I look up Tennessee? Tennessee is a pass rush away from having a decent defense. Tennessee too. has 2.3. Yeah, but, you know, is Tennessee really a Super Bowl contender? Yeah. They're right. They're there. If they, if they get their pass rush right and hit on the draft picks, with where the cap is going next year, I there's gonna be four teams that don't make the playoffs that made the playoffs this year, right? So statistically speaking, statistically yes. speaking, so we can say four. As of right now, New Orleans isn't gonna make it. Drew Brees isn't coming back. Chicago. They're in cap hell. Chicago's probably not gonna make it in the NFC, right? That they're, they're just just looking at it. Minnesota's gonna be better next year. Green Bay, I think, is gonna be better. They're just gonna be. It's gonna be tight there towards where Chicago's at. In the AFC, I think Pittsburgh, they kind of came out and said Ben Roethlisberger is coming back for another year this today. So they just kind of ousted themselves out of there. And, I mean, another AFC, who else was? Depending on how you feel about Baltimore, Cleveland, uh, the Colts, depending on how good Carson Wentz is, which we'll get to in just a few seconds here, um, could be you know either really, really good or take a massive step back. Um, Tennessee is that team kind of on the precipice of either being really, really good or taking a huge step back. So they're kind of on yeah. that border. Uh, if, if out of those three, four teams that I, I can pick, Tennessee would be the last. Uh, you know, they're, they're not, to me, they're not even close to getting over the hump of Buffalo or, or Well, they Kansas don't have City. to. That's a thing, though. So Tennessee has a very attractive division. Mm-hmm. They got to get past the Colts, which we're, no one's really sure what that's actually going to look like next year. Right. The, Houston's a dumpster fire. Deshaun Watson will not be playing for them, whether he gets traded or if he sits out. We'll see what how he ends up doing. I don't think he plays it down for them next year. And Jacksonville's a... Jacksonville's probably, coming. I think they're going to be coming and not going. I think Reverend Meyer's going to get turned around just a fuzz. 
I mean, we have no reason not to believe Urban Meyer wouldn't turn it around somewhat. But that's still probably three, four, five years away. And they have a hundred million in cap and yeah, draft in what third or four or first? They, they're going to have Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. So they could be. I bet you know they have eighty-three million dollars in cap per spot track, by the way. So an available cap. So I mean, they've got some. They could make some moves. They've got some rookies to sign, all the fun stuff that's going to come with that. Uh, so we'll go from kind of Packers angle here, NFL as a whole. As we mentioned, uh, Carson Wentz, another chip in the quarterback wheel that falls in line. We have a, another quarterback switch. Carson Wentz becomes the new quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. Colts didn't give up a whole lot to get him. No, they basically gave him a hot dog and a case of Bushlight. Might as well. I mean, what was it a third round pick and a pick that's either a second round or could be a first? Depending on. A conditional on how Carson Wentz plays and how Frank Reich yeah. trusts him. Yeah. So. Which I love that, too. I love that Indianapolis went and got Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz was throwing to deck furniture, and it sounds like Philadelphia is just a massive organization right now. So the fact that Carson Wentz is out of there. He, he was going to be the MVP of the league before he had an ACL injury. And then the following year, he basically wills that team to the playoffs. Yeah. As you said, throwing deck furniture, gets hurt in a playoff game, and somehow that's everybody turns on him from that point. They go draft Jalen yeah, Hurts. A concussion in yeah. the playoff game. They you know basically wills them to get there, gets concussed. Then they go draft Jalen Hurts, and... Then they end up splitting time half the year, and then Jalen Hurts takes over the starter. Yeah, it sounds like they're talking about drafting another quarterback this year. Yeah, I I don't understand that so, organization whatsoever. So another domino falls in the quarterback. There's still probably quite a few jobs to be had, and we could probably do an entire episode on the quarterback potential shuffle that's still going to happen. I, I think it's pretty much set now, though. I don't think I think there's a lot of dominoes that are gonna fall yet. Yeah, I think there's a lot that's gonna happen. I mean Chicago's still searching, Washington's still searching. Deshaun Watson still has to go somewhere. So yeah. I think you know, uh, Denver's Patriots, still searching. Patriots, the Niners, the Falcons are gonna have to make a decision yeah. with Matt Ryan on the Niners want out of that Garoppolo deal. There's But we know, have to remember two. You, you let off the program that Seattle shop and Russell Remember so, too, a lot of these quarterback issues that we just talked about, though, are probably going to get solved in April's draft. It probably, like I said, we can do a whole episode on that, and I think we're still going to see a lot more movement yet. That's that's all I'm saying. Is I think a lot the one guy that's going to surprise us that gets moved is his car out of Vegas. I really think he's going to get moved. See, today. I don't. I think the team. I think the team that's going to take him is a Washington football team. I really do. I don't think so. I think, I think the only way Carr gets moved out of Las Vegas is if it's for Deshaun Watson. And I don't think Deshaun Watson's going to Las Vegas. I don't think that I think Gruden is smart enough of a coach that he's not going to give up the King's ransom that's going to take to get Deshaun Watson. And I think Gruden, I, th- I, I agree that he's not that stupid, but I think Gruden's more in love with the guy that's sitting behind Carr than he is with Carr. So let's see. But we that's another guy, by the way. Mariota could end up on another team next year too. We got to remember that Derek yeah. Carr was a top ten quarterback last year, though. Statistically, Statistically yes. speaking, he was a top ten quarterback. Yeah. And I think that 
they're still in a partial rebuild. Like, they're still not... Well, we got to think. I mean, they just... I mean, this is a, the first full season that they didn't have... Oh, God, what the hell's his name? Um, plays for Dallas now, receiver. Amari Cooper. Amari the Cooper. They didn't have... This is the first year they didn't have Amari Cooper. That seems like so long ago. So, Las Vegas is still in a bit of a rebuild. I think that Derek Carr will still be there. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to stay in San Francisco. I don't. I think he ends up in New England, personally. There's a lot of these teams. Because I, I think Cam's back in New England. I don't doubt that, but I, I, like I said, I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of ping-pong balls to fall around here yet. I think there's a lot that's going to bounce around. Deshaun Watson's going to end up being somewhere. I think we can say that safely. I, I agree that Deshaun's going to end up somewhere, but I think that's Carolina. I think he ends up. Carolina's been clearing cap space like crazy lately. See, I don't. So I know the trade. The kind of rumor with Deshaun is it's going to take like three first round picks and probably Christian McCaffrey. If you're Carolina, I don't think that makes a whole lot of sense. Of course it does. I think. I think it does. You're paying. You're paying McCaffrey seventeen million dollars a year. Okay, here's a. Here's yeah, a thing, I don't though. care. There's not. There's not a running back in the world that's worth Here, that. Here's I'm the sorry. thing though with that. I don't. I don't even entirely not, disagree. Clear that. Clear that the thing with Christian McCaffrey in, in Carolina that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to go all in on a future guy like that. I have to look at the, what the cap's going to be for them right now. Carolina. They okay, just cleared so they, like forty million. They're at forty million, so there is room to work. You don't have really anybody to throw the ball to. You have Robbie Anderson, who's been a career retread. You have, what, Curtis Samuel, if you're going to really bank your... But let's just take yeah, one I, step back. If you had to give up three first-round picks and Christian McCaffrey for Deshaun Watson, right. I would that is that a no-brainer. And, and yeah. I, I, I don't even entirely disagree. I just don't see the point of Carolina going all-in on that guy right now. On Deshaun Watson? Yeah, I don't. I don't just, see the weapons well, around. You have to spend. Gosh. You still have to spend more it's, money. It's not about. Oh my gosh! It's not about spending the money to get better now. It's getting Deshaun Watson in your building. Like Deshaun Watson's, and you, you could, have him for fifteen years. Yeah, you could argue that Deshaun Watson's the best quarterback years? in the league. You, I don't. I would again. I wouldn't necessarily jump on that bandwagon with you, but you could make that argument to me and say, "Hey, Deshaun Watson's the second, first or second best quarterback in the entire league." None of that's never happened before where that guy's been even on the market. So anytime it does, you have to take the opportunity to go get him. Again, yes. I, like I said, I don't disagree, but you have to be in a position, I think, to be able to win and win now with that kind of a guy because he's already disgruntled. It'd be one thing if he, you know, if you're constantly like Russell Wilson. But he's not disgruntled though. He's just basically said, "Hey, I don't want to be here anymore because you guys have basically lied to me." Yeah. He's disgruntled at Houston. He's not disgruntled, right. and he, honestly, he's handled this. He's not come out publicly and said, "I want to trade." There's, it's been talked in the building, and people around him have said that. Deshaun Watson, I don't think, is disgruntled. I just think that he doesn't want to be underneath David Coley, and the cult leader of their general manager, like. Mister B or. Yeah, yeah, Jack used to be. I don't. I that that's what it is. I don't think he's disgruntled. I just think he's like, hey, this is a dumpster fire. No, and I don't even disagree I with that. Totally I, agree with you, Ramsey. I, I totally agree with the fact that, you know, I he could go right now. He could go to Jacksonville, and he would be a hell of a lot happier than, than what he is in Houston. I don't think it's about wins and losses right now. I think he understands that they're in a rebuild. I think he's just upset that they. They they flat out lied to him and they started making all these moves. Right, but and he, you know, the, I don't, I don't. Yeah, Eric, the thing I don't with get Deshaun where, Watson, uh, his contract has a 
no trade clause. So he has to sign off on any trade that they offer. Mm-hmm. If I'm him, and again, I don't necessarily see the appeal of a Carolina. Look at the division you're going to. We just made that conversation with Carson Wentz. Sure, Tampa Bay is moving next year. Right. But Brady is mortal. He's gonna, he has three years sure? left. Yeah, I know. I'm just joking. But but Tampa Bay is going to be good. Atlanta is traditionally a little bit of a dumpster fire. I think they're going to get it right, and they're going to be better, but they're not a playoff team. And then you have New Orleans, who's in capital for the next year, and they're going to be in a complete rebuild next year. So and Atlanta's a little bit interesting because you're you're sourced with veterans there that that could win and know how to win. I just... I think their coaching situation was a little fucked up. but So, as of today, in the NFL, there are two, three, probably four quarterbacks that can overcome a bad roster. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and I'd probably say Tom Brady. Those four guys can overcome a talent deficit and win no matter what. Just about every other quarterback in the league has to win a certain way. I can't think, and I might be missing one, There, but there's no more than five guys. And we forget Carolina was, what, a 6-1 team last year? No, they weren't bad. So Deshaun Watson being there is, they're an 8-1 team, 8-9-1 team, just with Deshaun Watson showing up. Like I said, I, I don't know if it's an attractive destination. So where where do you think Deshaun should go? If I'm him, if if I got the keys to the kingdom, and got to pick my ideal destination, I'm actually really big on him on Miami. I think, and it makes sense for a lot, you know, on both teams. Because the Dolphins are close. We know that. I don't, I think they know more than we think about Tua. You know, we can have that discussion later day. They, because I think what the the Texans need is they need picks, and they need a player. It's kind of like it's going to be a lot like that Stafford Goff deal we saw a couple of weeks back. That deal makes a lot of sense. If I'm if that that's my ideal landing spot if I'm Deshaun Watson is Miami. I could see a really good fit in Atlanta if they were willing to trade the pieces. I could see a really I mean I, I should so I'm going to go back I'm kind of backtrack on what I said. I could see Carolina fitting I think they have a lot of work to do to make it work immediately, though, because I think he wants to go somewhere to win. But Carolina's kind of the same issue with, or same thing with Trevor Lawrence. That's a Carolina. He played at Clemson, right up yeah. the street. Like, that would be a huge hit for the fan base. I was going to love to have kind of the hometown guy come back no, to the right. area. That, I, he loved being in Clemson. He loved being Carolinas. So, so I get it from that perspective, too. Like I said, there's a lot of good fits. I, I kind of want to retread on what I said. I just don't know if you look at just the weapons that are on the roster right now, if it's the most attractive. They have a lot of cap room. I think to go there, though, because of how much cap room they have, it has to be understood that when he walks in, he's going to have to be that have to have that say. So I think he's going to have to know something to go there. So I think there's a lot of factors to that but lead him to going there. I don't think he says no to any trade. Any trade that comes through, if they say, hey, this is what we're off, this is your option. He's not saying yeah. no. He's just going to say, yeah, I'm going to sign off on that and get the fuck out of Houston. Because you already said that earlier. He's not going to play it down in Houston. And I think we can all agree that the line's been drawn in the sand. He's not showing up. Like He's not going to play in Houston. He said that. He'll sell out the year, right? 
So I think any trade that comes through is going to be what he's looking at. There's a lot of moves to be made yet. We could probably, like I said, probably do a whole episode on this. Going to wrap it up here. Yeah, just, again, kind of a not great. I mean, a pretty newsful week in the NFL. So we'll wrap up with everything that we kind of do. And just one quick other news, you know, touching on sports. Uh, T's and P's, thoughts and prayers out to Tiger Woods. Hope he makes a speedy recovery from that car accident. Yeah, Nasty. Yeah. It sounds like he's... He's in stable he's condition. He's stable, good. and it sounds like... I don't know if I'll ever see him play golf again, but it sounds like he's on the... He's on the mend. Yeah, he's, he's, he's going to be on his way back, hopefully. So, yeah, so thoughts and prayers out to him. Wrap the show up like we always do with what we're rooting for. And, Ramsey, you mentioned, do you have a monkey knife fight pick here for the weekend, or are we going to see that on Facebook in the, over the weekend? I will post my monkey knife fight NASCAR picks on... It'll be on the page on Saturday. Saturday or Sunday, probably. I'll probably do them Friday night. I'll look at it a little closer and see. I really like Kyle Larson this weekend. I made room for him. to be a comeback story. He's in Homestead. Great track for Kyle Larson. He showed Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick. Yeah, these guys are going to put on a show. If you want to watch some of those dirt guys, they're going to be sliding around uh, Homestead in Miami this weekend and NASCAR. So take a peek at that. They're going to put on, they'll put on a show. Like Tyler Reddick. Fantastic young driver there at RCR. So, yeah, Kyle Larson, Tyler Reddick, it's going to be good. Expect them to be towards the front of the field, I'm going to say. Yeah, Justin? Yeah. Whoever runs the high side there, Ramsey, whoever yep. runs the high side at, at Homestead is. Yeah, is I'll, I'm I'm going to kind of go back to what I had said early in the episode. Uh, Green Bay Phoenix conference tournament plays starts tomorrow night, so Thursday night, so. Hopefully looking at a Green Bay win against uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne at the 7-10 matchup, in, you know, Green Bay being the seventh seed. Would put them in the quarterfinals, both the men and women would play on Tuesday, March 3rd then. So kind of coming to that, you know, that really sweet time of year, conference, tournament basketball, NCAA tournament basketball. Tournament basketball as a whole, just one of the best things to watch in my opinion. So big, you know, really excited for that. So I'm going to make that my what I'm rooting for this week. And we're going to wrap the show up with that. Great episode, boys. Number 11 in the books. We'll have some Monkey Knife Fight picks for you over the weekend. Any parting thoughts, boys? Um, I would like to say Christopher Bell, too. He's another guy to watch on Sunday. He go two in a row. So. All right. So that's We Are the Root for Wisconsin Show, episode 11 in the books. Thanks again for listening. Keep subscribing. Keep sharing with your friends and family. And we are out. Bye.